Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new Deep Cuts Live. I'm your host, Antoine Reed, and if this is your first time watching, just make sure you hit that like or subscribe button to be notified of any time we have new shows uh, or new content that drops on the channel. Uh, today, we have another retailer uh, with us, so Industrial Cigar Company. They're down in Texas, so I didn't think about it when I was putting the show this month's shows together, but we have three Texas retailers, which is fun, but... Uh, definitely something different uh, that you all, will, I think, will get a lot from from hearing from them. So we have Dave and Brandon Frakes uh, from Industrial with us, and we're going to bring them on. So let's get ready. <coughs> you guys, how are you? I said be serious. I said be serious. <laughs> What's up, Antoine? Not how much. It's good to see you all. Like I said, uh, I, as I've been telling most people, I've you know, last time I saw you two was at PCA, so... Uh, yeah, we were full force there. That's a trade show in uh, Las Vegas, and we were all kind of running around trying to get our business done. And and I'm sure that it was a, a busy show for you all. It seems to be it was probably like for me, like it had been a while since I've been at PCA, but uh, it was a really busy show, and there were lots of new releases, and it was just like trying to get you know trying to get in there and trying to get everything done. Let's not fool ourselves, okay. <laughs> For you, it's very busy. For manufacturers, it's very busy. For us, it's busy because we make it busy. Yeah. And we do have systems. Yeah. But we're retailers walking around a cigar show. We know handing us cigars for nothing. Yeah. Here, smoke this. Uh-huh. So, yeah, don't feel bad for us because it's the Frakes Boys 4 plus busy. Yeah. And we're in Vegas smoking cigars. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, a great show, super busy. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get – we weren't able to connect as long as we would have liked. But mm – -hmm. Regardless, thank you for having us, by the way. This, yes. is, this is awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, well, like I, I was, you know, I, I always feel like retailers are fun. You all have such interesting stories. But, you know, in this industry, you never get to really tell your story. or We never really get to hear from you. So it's like a really uh, like kind of um, bad situation in that, like I said, we just never get to hear from the retailers. And yet I think of you all like you all have a hard job. Like you're talking about how easy the trade show is for you. But throughout the year, you, you were the ones who were in the store having to basically be salespeople and sell these products, you know, that's in your humidor to the, to the consumer. And, you know, and I know that the manufacturers try to help you as much as they can, but they're not there, you know, all the time. And you just have like a, such a big task on your hand. I'm like, that story's like not being told in the industry. So you all are really, are really like your local celebrities. Like, your consumers and your customers probably see you a lot more than they see some of the brand owners that they, you know, are purchasing. From. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I don't know about the celebrity part, but I hope we aren't the celebrities here. No, here. but I, I will, I will say this though. I think we've, as retailers, we've kind of cracked the code. Our, our model is really built on consumer education. It's not about the amount of facings we curate our floor. We can certainly talk about how we curate our humidor to make sure that we've got a very unique offering, but the best overall product for the money. Um, and now the best product for the money could be $35 a cigar, but, but it's, it's very carefully curated, but we've kind of found that what's kind of cracked the code on our success is this intense desire to educate customers when they come in the door and not talk down to them, not go, you should smoke this because I'm smoking it. Um, and I mean, where we've, where we've really found that connection is with the brand owners. So 
uh, Luciano and Nelson Alfonso and Darren Chaffee and all these guys come in and they know that we're so committed to this education that they tell us the story. They tell us the story of the where it's at on the plant, where it's at in the field. They give us that because they know that we will put that into a nice snowball and take that to the floor and and unravel that. As you know, as you talk to these manufacturers, Anton, that the, the we his, live, his name's Anton. Antoine. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I can hardly read that. I'm right, Mr. Years old. Yeah, let's go. Keep, keep doing what you're this doing. This is why I beat my children early <laughs> um, But you had a good point before. I had a good point before you cut off Anton over there. Anton, <laughs> sorry, Antoine. You know, my good friend Anton, when he comes in, I'm calling him Antoine from this point well, on. Out. That's it. But I think to your point, I think if you marry the education with a hospitality approach to the retail experience i think that's really if you're going to say what the point of difference is is yeah, product selection education and hospitality which ultimately creates a little com a community and a yeah. family we say welcome to the family and it, it's something where you're not going to leave your family member hanging out in the corner you're always yeah. going to bring them in and if one of your family members is passionate about something it's going to bleed into the rest of the family so i think that's where we find ourselves right for now. sure for sure you know, and I, I want to kind of like jump right in and, you know, you have your first comment, which is David Bennett who says, Thank you, you, David. Place. Thank you. so um, like I said, I think that's important that you, you all have people who want to learn more about you and learn more about your business. Um, Thank you, David. I right into something that you said, which was the education part of the business, because, you know, as a media person, I get all the press releases and I was talking about this to the, um, Ian and Rebecca last Thursday about what do consumers ask for when they come into your store? Because I think that's an interesting question because, you know, as these cigar companies are coming up with their marketing plans, I'm wondering how much they really ask you all this kind of question. Like, what are they asking for? And are you getting that kind of information? Because um, the press releases give you the impression that everybody's coming in asking for like the ingredients, like what's, what's in the cigar, like mm. binder filler. Yeah. And what Rebecca and Ian were saying was like, sometimes like, but there's more of their nerdy customers who really know something about it. And then I asked them, well, what was the flip side? You know, it's a story, like how many people? And they, for them, they said it was like maybe 50-50 of that. What's that for you all? Like, what are people at? Oh, shoot, I, I think, me personally, I think that never assume somebody doesn't want to know. And the more that somebody wants to get into this, culture, this lifestyle, the more they'll want to know. So I, I always say never assume they know I never assume they know anything and never assume that they don't want to learn. And so we we really focus on giving that that a lot of information, a lot of qualifying questions. That to to suggest a cigar based on the way somebody looks when they walk in, it's just the it's the wrong way about uh, making sure you curate the right cigar for them. Our humidor is curated, meaning me and my three sons, we test every cigar. We sell a lot of cigars here, so every manufacturer wants a position on the floor. But we test the cigars, and if it doesn't taste great, perform great, and perform great at a great value, and if it's not unanimous, we don't put it on the floor. So we have some lines that we may have just a sliver of their overall assortment, but that's all that made the cut. So... 
people, our customers now after five years know if it made industrials floor, it must be good. And now it's our job to, to educate them. The, the challenge we have is the average rep walks in the door. It's uh, Dominican, Dominican, Nicaragua, some Ecuadorian this, and it's seven ninety nine. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it's not going to resonate with people. I mean, at the end of the day, if if we do have people who walk in that want, they name off a blend, right? Chances are they know just enough to get in trouble. You know, and, and that's where the question in return will be opening the door for an experience. They say, I need I need a Cameron wrapper. Well, what do you like about a Cameron wrapper? Mm -hmm. Chances are they don't know anything. They just smoked a couple of cigars they liked with Cameroon. That's not that's not I don't want to sound disrespectful in that realm. Yeah. That's my experience. But then we start cracking into the real question, which is what do you want out of your cigar? And regardless of what that blend composition is, it doesn't matter. Because right. you have you have a cigar with the Zulu Zulu by Grand Habano yep. that on paper should not smoke anything like it does. Right. Right. I mean, a lot of Nicaraguan tobacco, you would think it's going to be big and full, but it's like this big, frothy marshmallow texture. Beautiful. It's like a s'mores. It's it's unbelievable. And if you tell them Nicaraguan tobacco or you give them the experience of think about eating a s'mores. Now let's walk through it and dissect it. People can remember what it's like to to eat a s'mores. They can't remember what everything yeah, is like absolutely. on a Nicaraguan cigar. So we, we find a good balance, but I think it's our responsibility to understand what it is they're looking for. Um, but I would say we're probably 70, 30 of people who want the experience. Versus uh, well, the I'll tell you, when we do, we do events called Night at the Factory, where we'll actually have a, master, a, a brand owner. We'll come in. We'll have rollers. We'll get... Um, a series of halochos, the small little individual leaves, mm -hmm. and a sushi menu, and basically allow them to taste the individual leaves, smoke them together, create their blend, go out and have the roller roll it for them, smoke their cigar, and if they like it, they can buy 40 cigars. That That is an experience that when we do those events, they fill up instantly. Wow. Instantly. So... There is this, people crave that type of experience. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think the other thing that we're, I think retailers kind of miss the beat is not asking the question. When somebody comes in and says, I'm a full-bodied smoker, they take them to full-bodied cigars without going, well, hold it. What do you think is full-bodied? They may smoke a medium or a light cigar and think that that's full-bodied. So you can really knock this guy off the rails if you then go hand him a full-bodied cigar because that's what he asked for. That's why it's so important in the humidor to ask those questions. But in the end, we always say we're really not as concerned about what happens in the humidor. From the humidor to the front counter means less to us than what happens from your experience from the front counter into the lounge. We're more concerned about the overall experience that they have. Humidor is part of it, but if you take care of your customers and their and create an environment that is full of entertainment and full of camaraderie and full of all of the cigar lifestyle, the cigars take care of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's interesting to hear, like I said, because whenever I get a press release and it just tells you wrapper binder filler, that doesn't really mean much to me personally, <laughs> just because I am not that level <laughs> of cigar enthusiast that can be like, oh my gosh, like this. It has this combination that I can imagine. No, it's gonna, I'm like, okay, it's like 
it doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm always curious of like for a retailer, like when you're coming into a store, I've yeah. never I've never heard of anybody walking into a store saying, give me like a, a <laughs> I'm looking for an Ecuadorian this, you know, yeah. Yeah. This the binder, this and the filler. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is neither do the manufacturers give a shit about it anyways. Mm. <laughs> it, they don't care about the the blend compositions either. They want the experience as well. So I, if there are newbies who are watching, hopefully we've got newbies in there. Sound yeah. off if you're in. But I think if there are, if there's a message to the newbie, it's the blend composition means very little of understanding what the line items are. Just enjoy the cigar and pay attention mm -hmm. to those that have a story because you're going to find real quick that some of those cigars that don't have a story, they've just been on the shelves forever, they probably aren't going to entice you to stay in this. So pay attention to the ones with yeah. the story. It's, and I think that's one thing that kind of shows our, our um, desire to educate is we created the Facebook group Cigar Newbies. And it was just, I belonged to all these cigar groups. And I would watch an, a legitimate newbie ask a new question. How do I season a humidor? Or... How do I cut it or how do I light it? And these people would just make them feel like an idiot for asking the question. So what we said was, let's create an environment that is where, where newbies can come in and ask questions and we'll answer them. And that's, and we're, we have, there is no, there is no stupid question, no matter what it is. We, if that's the thing that gets you the next step down the path of this to this heading towards this amazing cigar culture, then let us help you get there. And we're not there pipping our website. We're not doing all that other yeah, stuff. You're, you're, you're on the site. We feed you. You you feed in through our cigar newbies page, and it, it is that's an area where we get a lot of the outside trolls that the spammers and scammers that are trying to get in to peddle their. Mm -hmm. uh, Cuban cigars and Cuban or Chinese accessories and all sorts of stuff. We we boot them. If anyone is rude, we boot them. Um, I saw last week we had seventy eight people approved. Ninety eight people were not approved because you could tell by they just started their Facebook page three days ago. Mm -hmm. That that type of stuff they're not going to get in. So mm -hmm. it's we want to create a safe environment for newbies to be able to come in and ask whatever question they want. And it's just been cool to see how the community has come together and is, and is also answering these questions, but with respect. And that's what's so cool about this, this show in particular mm -hmm. with Deep Cuts. You are getting access and conversations with monsters in this industry. Yes, for right? sure. And someone can just sit in and watch what the conversation is and figure out if they, if they dig this guy or maybe he's not a personality that I, I'm with or the story. Just keep up this work that you're doing because it's very yeah, important what we're sure. all doing. Well, well, thank you so much. And I think we're probably on the, well, the same kind of wavelengths because for me, I make content for the non-cigar smoker, if that makes any sense. Because I feel like there's so many other podcasts out there and there's so many other websites. If you wanted to find a review on so-and-so cigar that just came out, there's like a dozen websites out there for that stuff. But there's so few websites that you can go and find content of like, why did Matt Booth get into the industry? You know, mm -hmm. why did, you know, why after 13 years did he, did he sell his brand to STG? Like, you know, there's so few like sites out there and for and content like that, that I was like, I just want to make something like if somebody came across this and they had no idea like what 
cigars were about or they thought they knew and they, you know, just like how somebody looked because sometimes that's how people are. They, they look, they look at person looks interesting. They got tattoos or whatever and they listen to it and they're like, well, you know, it's not so bad. And maybe, I, you know, maybe when I'm out in the cigar store, I'll be willing to give that brand a, a try. Like to me, that's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a good, better angle for me because I'm not, like I said, I'm not an aficionado. I can't tell you about the breakdown. I don't even try. So mm-hmm. I think like, like, you know, like it's great to, to work from that newbie, you know, level because it gives you a whole bunch of, you know, area that you can kind of work yourself up to. If you start at the aficionado, you don't leave yourself room to like really go. hundred percent. There's not enough, there's not enough people there. I mean, it's, we we're only going to grow this groundswell by putting more water in the pool. We're we're not going to do it by continuing to talk to the same, the same guys that believe they've known it all since the first boom of the night in the late nineties. Oh, but it, that's the thing is you can't know everything. It, you cannot know everything about this. And we, if you listen, we to- learned we we learned Luciano came to our place the other day, uh, day before yesterday, and he came in, and within five minutes I learned something. And it is, it's, it, and I can't wait to share it. Uh-huh. That's the it, thing. We're, we kind of run contrary. We kind of run against the grain. Well, you've got a lot of these websites that are out there and these podcasts that are taking a puff of cigar and they're talking about, you know, uh, it tastes like pizza cardboard with roasted marshmallows and, and some obscure tea that they had somewhere. We fly against the grain. Our position and particularly with newbies, there's a question that we ask, what do you want to learn about cigars? The majority, I would say 50% of the people say, how do I identify flavors? And, and here's our attitude. Our attitude has always been your whole life. Your mom has slid that in a dish in front of you and said, eat it. And you take a bite of it and you either like it or you don't like it. I don't like cauliflower, but I like the grilled cheese. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to. So our position is don't worry about it. Don't worry about picking out some obscure, you know, note. Just enjoy the cigar. And if it and if it was good on your palate, let us know and we'll find you something yeah. else in that lane so you can wander around a little bit. But we're we're kind of I don't want to say we're anti notes and flavor. You know, it is what it is. There's a place for it. But when some guy's taking a puff of this and telling me that he's, you know, getting the container that some tea came in and it smelled uh, just come on yeah give me a break yeah i'm with you you know i will never forget being in the dominican republic for pro cigar one year and we were on a bus going to lunch with uh manolo casada and he was telling us about the history of kind of like ratings and how people talk about cigars and he was saying how confused he and other cigar makers were because there he said believe it or not there's a period of time where there weren't reviews and ratings. He's like, and when people, he's like, uh, certain publications started to talk about and do reviews, and they were saying like, oh, it has notes of this, and they were like, well, how did they pick that out? Like, they're like, you know, a cigar is supposed to taste like tobacco. He's like, that's just that's just it, um, and that's always stuck with me because I'm like, well, Casada says that, then that's kind of like, you know, that's how it is, and I understand why people try to make it relate and like open up but to me it's just like you know i think sometimes they too they get flavors kind of confused with like aroma and all this other stuff and it's just oh, wow. 
you know. And, and here's the, yeah, here's the thing too is you get it. It's so insanely subjective, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very objective when somebody slides over that that grilled cheese. You know what it what a grilled cheese is because you're looking at it, and you're tasting it, and you're feeling it, and you know bread, cheese, butter, right? But this is smoke mm -hmm. off a leaf that we're burning. It's like so notes. What does pepper mean? Is pepper a flavor? Is it a sensation? Is it an indicator of strength? And some Maybe people, all. some people think pepper is this peppery flavor when it could be the acidity from the tobacco that's causing their palate to act like they had food with a lot of pepper. Yeah. but yeah. it's it's it, it's kind of crazy. So we just kind of we push smoke it if you like it, keep smoking it. Yep. You know that's and more importantly to us, let us know what you like so we can find you something else. Because don't you don't want to get stuck in a in a rut? That this that'll that'll end up disappointing you. Because a cigar from that's that's done today, that's manufactured today, isn't going to taste like the same cigar that's manufactured a year from now, just because of conditions, because of soil changes, and all these yep. other things that impact it. So don't get stuck on it. Because in some point you're gonna maybe not like it. Plus we've seen how much palates mature, mm -hmm. how people will smoke a cigar. We get them on this journey, then they go back and smoke something that they thought was it a year ago, and they're like, "God, it really doesn't have what I'm looking for now in a cigar." Yep. Yeah. What have you? I know this is your show, but can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. How would you describe your palate? Because you said you're not an aficionado, which, by the way, is great. Because if someone walks in and says they're aficionado, they're ultimately a dickhead. But you are obviously humble in your approach, but I'm curious how someone who's tailored around giving newbies information, how do you describe your palate and what you like? Well, you know, like when it comes to me, again, it's all based on my experiences. So early on when I was first starting to, you know, get into the cigar world and was actually willing to actually try the product because that kind of took a little convincing on my end. I'm not going to, you know, lie about it, but, uh, I went to the Dominican Republic at one point, and I'm going to ask you all about traveling and getting the experience, but I went to the Dominican Republic. Uh, it was for a Davidoff kind of event where they had their retailers kind of come out to <coughs> and stuff. And um, um, Hendrik Kellner did like a tasting seminar, and he was, you know, and for me, that stuck with me because he described your, he had a whole diagram of your tongue. These are the different parts of your tongue. He said he had like different blends that he created or that, you know, the factory created. Okay. These are not like complete blends. They're like, you know, different components. Just like you were talking about, like you have in your event. And so he's like, you know, smoke this one. Tell And then like circle on your piece of paper, what part of your tongue it stimulates. And he was like, okay, now that stimulates, you know, your, your sweet part of your tongue. Now, without that, I would have never have said like, oh, this is a sweet cigar. But now I know, like, you know, he's like, oh, it's like, if, you know, if it stimulates the tip of your tongue, it probably has like a little Peloto in it or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, it's like the sweet part of your tongue. That's where a lot of sweet stuff hits it. If it's like the size, it might be a little bit bitter or acidic and stuff like that. So to mm -hmm. me, that's where, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's where I go back to. I never tell people like, oh, I have hints of this. Because like everything, like I said, to me, is just honestly, it tastes like, a, like a cigar should taste like uh -huh. tobacco. Uh, I, you know, I don't do the flavor stuff a lot, but I'm not opposed to it. But with me, like some of the flavored stuff, like uh, I don't know if anybody's tried the 
M by Macanudo. Mm -hmm. It's like an infused cigar. <clears throat> you know, you open up the box and you're like, oh my gosh, this like smells like great. It's like a, a coffee flavor. It was like the first one that they released a couple of years ago. But to me, when I found out, it's like it smokes just like a cigar should smoke. And, you know, um, it was the aroma that made it different, that makes it set it up, sets it apart. So that's why I'm very careful about, you know, trying to, I don't ever try to be a reviewer or raider because it's just not where I am. But, um, I, and to your point, I think, <clears throat> I think you impose certain things when you do that, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's funny at the exact moment you said, if, if it hits the front of your, your tongue, your palate, it's probably got piloto. Well, our house stick has piloto. So what did I just, I just brought that and went, oh, damn, that's right in the front of my palate. Oh, okay, that must be. We could do the same thing with everything. Oh, this mm. is what you're tasting. And if you're not responsible about it, you can tailor people's experience towards a very self-serving, look how, how good I am versus you figure it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. It is to you what it is to you. You know, and this is something that we talk about on Deep Cuts a lot. Not, you know, I think this episode will be more about kind of like the tasting experience, because I think it's very interesting. So I want to keep with that subject. But, um, you know, that's the kind of problem I have with ratings is that I never want to steer somebody just because there's so much bias. And I've seen this, like you can get somebody a cigar and say, don't, don't care. Don't look at the band. Just give it, you know, give it a try. And if it's something that they are familiar with, like a brand, you know, that's well known and and huge, they will not give it a bad review. They'll say, "Oh, it's this, this, and that." And then if you hand them a brand that's more boutiqueish and they've never heard of it, they will find any, ten thousand things wrong with it. They'll say, "Oh, it wasn't a, as good of whatever." But I bet if we took off the bands, like it'll be a completely different experience. So for me, you know, people always want to know, like, "What's your favorite cigar?" And I'm pretty sure you all, probably as retailers, get asked that a lot too. You know, the, the whole thing I tell them is like, I never really, I said, there are certain brands I like because I like, I know the people behind the brands and know the work that they put into creating that cigar and then know that they're just not placing an order and then getting it and then shipping it out and counting their money. Um, but to me, it's like, I feel like nobody should be super brand loyal. Like you should be able to walk into an industrial and like ask you all like, you know, hey, I'm looking for a mild cigar, you know, something that will you know, go good with coffee or something like that and you, let you all like lead them to something that maybe they've never tried before. It's to be honest, it's risky though. It's really risky because there's so many retailers that honestly just are lazy. And <laughs> that's, and I, you know, and I think that's a Brandon, uh, Brandon has a marketing company. I used to have a marketing company and there, there's, there's a couple of just common general themes. We're predominantly men, although the amount of women we have coming in is growing dramatically, mm -hmm. but the average, if you think about it, there's two, there's two givens. Um, men don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And if we've never heard of it, it must be no good. Right. So there's a lot of cigar aficionado ads and ads on half wheel, all these different places that there's ads promoting the big box brands. And those big box brands also have their own retail stores and their big e-commerce stores. They have all of those things. What's up, Larry Adams? And, and we are selling... We're selling, when we have people walking, there's 90 cigar lounges in Dallas, Fort Worth, 90. And when people walk in here, they're like, I just see a bunch of stuff in here I've never seen before. Julie. Well, we're going to explain, we're going to explain why, but more importantly, when you explain that an ad in Cigar Aficionado is a six-figure commitment, 
that goes into the cost of the cigar, but we're not going to smoke the cigar aficionado magazine. So all of that, all of that sales network, all of that structure, all lays on top of sometimes a pretty mediocre cigar, but prices it up here. And if I can have a boutique that is this much quality, it's still below the price of some of these big boxes. And you're getting all cigar without the fluff. So the quality of the tobacco, the quality of the roll, the performance, the aging, all of that stuff takes place in those, what people are calling boutique, we call them craft. We always say if we were a liquor store, we wouldn't sell, uh, we would sell all craft beers and we wouldn't sell Bud Light. That's our, our approach is, is to have those cigars that are really superior for the money. And also <clears throat> to play devil's advocate, identically one more time yeah go ahead it's also risky because there are a lot of here's the reality is that lazy retailer is going to work with boutiques who set up their business structure just like the big guys you buy this many boxes we're going to give this many discounts right but those guys just want to get the product out so they go with something that is comparable in the business structure because they don't want to learn the new Darren way, right? right they don't right. want to learn. I'm going to create the best product I possibly can. And those lounges that are operated by lazy owners, let's be honest, there's a, there are a lot of them in the industry, are right. going to work with lazy craft, not saying necessarily that they're not putting in the work, but those craft manufacturers that have just tried to enter like the big box. So those boutique they or think they're play, playing the game. They have to enter the way those guys play. Exactly. And then and, they end up and not being a disruptor. You got to be exactly. a disruptor. So, yeah, it's it's very important the lounge you choose. It's very important the website you choose. However you purchase cigars, it is very, very important to find one that matches your what you're looking for in your journey. And yeah. thankfully, there are a million out there, and, and uh, there's something for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Now, as retailers, how do you all feel about, you know, the changing dynamics within like the boutique category? And I say that because you see like 10 years ago when I first got into the industry, uh, I tell the story all the time. Boutique was a bad word. It was just like a word that some of the bigger companies would say to go, oh, you know, they're they're a great guy. That's a great company and stuff like that. But they're boutique. And you're supposed to go like, oh, like, oh, gosh, like, thanks what are they saying now? Right. No. And now you see now like fast forward to 2022 and I'm seeing a lot more of this happening in the industry. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. But I see a lot more of the big players trying to dabble into the boutique <laughs> now. and they're trying to release. They're trying to create their own boutique boutique brands. And they know that the consumers is probably not going to care. I mean, the consumer is just going to look for, you know, whatever is a good cigar. But how do you feel about, you know, the bigger manufacturers trying to like now come into the boutique category well, i guess i guess in theory they have access to great tobacco mountains and piles and mountains of it um but you know it's it's a what is it a, a wolf in sheep's clothing it's just they're they're trying to be something that they're not <clears throat> in the end i think it's <clears throat> let's see if i can Let's see if I can go pick off industrial cigars by saying we have some some uh, boutique stuff now and then continue to work on us for this other mainstream stuff that 
is available on their own retailer's website at 35% cheaper than I can buy it. So there's, there's certain things that just, you know, if you're a boutique, just, just do it. Just be it. If you're going to be a big box mover, just do that. No, see, that's the thing is they can't, they're going to die. Which one's going to die? The the big one is going to die because this industry Look at look at the makeup. This industry, Antoine, I think you would you would see it over those past ten years. It's younger and younger. The amount of my friends who smoke cigars that twenty five to forty range, everything's sliding down. Yeah, so it's they not can't a sixty rely. year old guy business. Not a, it's yeah. not all the Glory Cubana smokers anymore. Those, yeah. those guys are dying off. Mm. And if you're not ready to go, you're dead, and you have massive overhead. So you better figure it. You better figure it out. And by partnering with by with boutiques or buying them as stg did it's like you've got to do whatever you've got to do to survive and to me the rose-colored glasses approach to it is this industry is going to get better and bigger if we can supercharge the ethos of boutique cigar manufacturers with a little bit of the access that they could never get access to Mm. you know from a product standpoint i think it makes the world better i think it's the same thing as what we see we're just a small little lounge in frisco texas but watch what's about to happen Mm -hmm. and it's up to us to set the wake albeit maybe it's five thousand people would see it maybe it's a hundred thousand people i'd see it but if we can improve the experience for the people who are there that's that's what our role is right yeah for sure and now you all have recently gotten launched an e-commerce store and Mm -hmm. i remember again having been in the industry for a decade I remember that being a controversial thing for retailers um, at some point. There was some point in the industry where, again, it, I don't understand it because we were all shopping on Amazon and Target and, and Target Online and ha- having no problems doing that. But I remember there being like a, a period of time in the industry. I don't know if it's still around, but it was a, like retailers were pitting themselves against retailers about getting into e-commerce and they were saying, you know, the true tobacconist and true cigar store owner is this brick and mortar. Like, you know, they don't, they don't do e-commerce. And then, you know, they're like, and there's even some who were, who had e-commerce who were trying to like, you know, push that narrative as well, almost like to kind of create that monopoly, like, you know, let's be the go-to source. So what made you all finally decide to get into the e-commerce thing? And what had- yes, that yeah, was, it's a cool uh, story. Uh, yeah. COVID, COVID triggered it. COVID accelerated it. Um, <laughs> and, and Brandon's company uh, is is doing world-class work. Because as you know, you know rather quickly when you enter a website, whether it's somebody that invested time and effort and money into it, or they just went out and bought a template, threw some stuff up there and called it a day. Um, Brandon, within in, in 72 hours, when we found out we had to close our store for COVID, we made the decision that we were going to we were going to deliver within a 20 mile radius of our store um, products. We created a package called CRS packs, like an MRE for military meals ready to eat. We had cigars ready to smoke. We had a five day or a three day, a five day and a seven day quarantine pack. And we developed these and we created the blends. We created the mix of cigars that were in there. So no one knew what they were getting until they got them. That created its own really cool business, uh, which led to the Magical Mystery Tour and our fifth anniversary pack. But Brandon can talk about the execution of that 
and then his recent uh, completely reworking of the yep. e-com site that is really to me for the for a cigar newbie particularly to be able to shop for uh, an thank application. You, thank you, Marty. <coughs> to be able to shop for that application. I'm going to go out on the patio. So you created the patio pounder pack that has five cigars that we chose that when people get them and they open them up, we're seeing all of their responses now where people are going, man, this cigar is awesome. This there's cigars they would have never tried, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is is what his company Go Local it's, is doing. It's a huge shout out to Busy B, my business partner with Go Local Group as well, um, Gabe Harris. It was a it was a Tuesday, and our business had to close on Friday morning. Friday Thursday morning. at closing, we were done. So I spoke to him. I said, "We got 72 hours. Can we build a website? Which is product photography, descriptions, build out the whole infrastructure." Right. And without batting eyes. So and integrate with our inventory. And integrate with inventory. So it was completely <laughs> seamless. And they were, we're in, you know, and, and still to, to date, I think that was one of our telling moments as to what our team is like, because our operations team focused on scraping the entire building. We repainted, we, we refreshed everything. And then our business also altered to offer that e-commerce ability. It's, it's industrialcigars.co. And it, it really worked. And then on to the next, the newest rendition, which just launched last month, which instead of, if you go to shop by strength, it's not mild, medium, full, because I think that's not telling. But there are, there are smaller, or there are categories that can go inside of that, like easy going, mild and complex, down the middle, rich and smooth. Yep. So you think about, like, all right, let's make it a little bit more objective versus mild, medium, full. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a little bit different approach that we've taken on it. And it, we've seen great response to it. I've, I, I'm, It's a beautiful site. It, it's really, uh, Navigation I think it's, is incredible. I think it's, uh, thank you. And it's, um, it's working because what we get to see is, unfortunately, well, fortunately, we get to reach people who are not in DFW, like the Adams, mm-hmm. Julie and Larry Adams, who are on Coming here. from LaGrange, Missouri. A lot of these, a lot of these beautiful relationships we have can't just cop in their car and drive to us. So how can we get to them? And that's one way we do it. And the beauty on this side is if you go to a big, you know, one of these original e-commerce sites, you can buy a box or a five pack, but here you can buy singles and you're buying straight from our humidor. We're literally packing them from the humidor. So it's all our top, you know, 300, 500 SKUs, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you can buy one of this, one of those. And, and, And that's the key is we're pulling it from, a properly humidified humidor versus sitting in a warehouse with doors open and getting thrown on a, on a, you know, just sitting on a rack may or may not be handled in a perfect state. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's great. I mean, and it's an area where we're learning and these new packs, the, the next one that's going to come out, um, HLA Cabron, that's all tequila pairings. So it's stuff that's going to work great with new age, really buttery smooth tequila we got the aristocrat packs so every couple of weeks we're going to drop some new packs and see see what see if people dig them or or if not then we'll kill them yeah we did a we did a package last christmas called the magical mystery tour i'm a beatles fan therefore my kids are beatles fans uh-huh. um <clears throat> we did the magical mystery tour and i had told brandon i said let's create a mystery pack a five pack that we'll sell at christmas time so he takes it to the next level does the entire front decal in 3d that you had to wear the red and green 3d glasses the 3d glasses came in the package 
along with a card that explained what each of the cigars were, and that whole card was in 3D. Wow. So it's cool. just, it was a really, really cool package, and um, it, and it was just awesome. And then we just had our fifth anniversary on Sunday, and we did a fifth anniversary pack where we asked our main, top 10 manufacturers, go dig in your warehouse, go dig in the humidor of stuff that you maybe you made 10 years ago and you just forgot about it. It was a project you didn't do. So we were able to deliver a mystery pack, but it had cigars in there. One manufacturer sent us cigars that were 20 years old. We had cigars in there that have never and will never exist in the marketplace. And, and our customers were buying them like they were buying baseball card boxes, hoping that they got a Mickey Mantle rookie card. It, it was, uh, it's been, it was fun, very, very fun to watch. You know, and I think that's great about the, um, you know, the 3D glasses thing, because as a, you know, I started off as a graphic designer and before I got into this other areas of content creation, but, you know, um, people always know uh, outside of the cigar stuff, they always know that I talk about vinyl a lot and they say, you know, why, why vinyl? And I say, well, because of vinyl, it's not like, I mean, I grew up with the CD era and the CD era was fun because, you know, you would go to the store you know, you'll buy the, the, the CD, you'll go home, you would sit there and struggle to open the pack. You would take, <laughs> you would take the booklet out, you would flip through the booklet, you would read all the little notes, the lyrics and stuff like that. And you just don't get that with the digital stuff now. And now with the vinyl, it's like, you know, I'm 38, I'm getting older. So it's like even better because like everything is bigger and you can get the like, all <laughs> the package, you get to interact with it. You know, they, they get creative with the colors of the, the vinyl. So it's like the interaction with it. And that's what I think makes people fun because then you have to like pick up the vinyl. You have to put it on the, the record player, the turn table, put the needle on it and stuff. And it's like that interaction makes you, and then like, I think I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago because like you don't, you don't skip around. You listen to the whole album. Yeah. And like you appreciate a little bit more. So I think like you all obviously kind of thought this through with some of the packs, like getting people to like moving them through some of your inventory or, or getting them. Yeah, and, and, the, and I think the key is, is that we're, I'm not, we're not putting product in it that we might have a little too many of. We're, we're putting the, the best of the best stuff in there. But when we did the CRS packs, we did a mild and a medium and a full body pack and they were, and, but it was, it was a, a curated pack, but it's that, it's the surprise. It's the, it's the, it's the prize in the bottom of the Cracker Jacks that everybody, you know, would dump out the Cracker Jack so they could find out what the what was inside. It was that surprise element 100%. that made it so much fun. And the product selection is so important because if you subscribe to a, uh, you know, a, a club or a subscription service within the cigar industry, you know there's going to be a few you just don't like. But if you're starting with, if you're starting, like, the, pad, the first patio pounder that's going out is, we've got LFD Cabinet Maduro, the Crux Bowl and Bear, uh, Bandoleros in there, Zulu Zulus in there, like yeah. stellar cigars that are in there. So Amazing. there's no misses. There's no accidents in this. We we curated as though we would be excited to receive everyone. So, yeah. and you get a little price cut on it. So it's it's the right way to do business, in my opinion. Is don't don't hedge on the good being so good that they don't care about the bad. Just give them all good. Yeah, for I sure. Think, like I said. Uh, hearing all that is very interesting because I'm always curious, you know, of what retailers are doing because you don't, like I said, 
beyond a trade show, I don't know, like, do you all hear from other retailers? Do you all get to kind of see what they're doing or hear what they're doing? And do you trade we're, ideas? Yeah, we're, we're, um, we're very visible uh, mm -hmm. in the market. We do two shows a week. I think the last brand, last I heard Brandon was telling, we're getting about 100,000 views a month. We're, we have built these relationships with people. Larry and Julie Adams met us, in a sense, met us on our Saturday show, Saturday at the shop, and have made the 10-hour trek to, uh, from LaGrange, Missouri, to Frisco, Texas, twice. Um, it, it's, it's humbling to see that the Gold Leaf Cigar Club in San Antonio, Texas, makes a migration to Dallas twice a year to bring their members up to just hang out in our lounge for three days. Great group. It, it's just to, to see the commitment that people make, then we, then we feel obligated that we've got to make sure that we do as much as we can to entertain them. And the fact that we're so visible, we know for a fact other retailers, uh, particularly in Texas, we know that six retailers have started because they watched what we've done and said, I want to, I've always wanted to open a store, but I want to do it their way. And um, one example is Rigby's in Paris, Texas. It's about an hour and a half from here. They were, they were driving an hour and a half down and just sitting in the shop and watching. And one time called and said, would you mind if we just picked your brain? <clears throat> would you mind if we picked your brain? We told them which air purifiers to get, which point of sale to get the traps not to step in. Here's the hand grenades that you don't want to hold and pull the pin. All of these things to, to help them. And I think Wild was another one that is just yep. another that just says that we say, look, we're, we're here to help. Unless you're across the street from us, we are, we're here to help you for yeah. sure. But even if you're across the street, you still got to try we're to run still our good. pace. We're, look, run our pace. Run our pace, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you have several comments that have come through while you've been sharing your story. Um, one who you just mentioned says, if you don't live near Frisco, Texas, Industrial Cigar Company is definitely worth the drive. You owe it to yourself to experience the hospitality of the Freights family. And uh, there was another one earlier from Marty Upton. Uh, you are family at Industrial. From the atmosphere to the service to the education, you cannot beat it. Cigars, the great equalizer. So I think you certainly, like you know, have made your, your impact and you continue to make your impact on the industry, which is why I wanted to have you all on here. Because again, I think retail is very hard. Like people think it's, it's easy and glamorous to have your own star store and they have no idea of, of how difficult it, it is um, to do that. And, you know, I could sit here and ask you this question about, you know, how do you create that family atmosphere? But I feel like, you know, some of your the comments that have come in and have kind of answered that question. But, you know, for for other retailers out there who may be struggling a little bit and they don't know, you know, how to, you know, how to create that following, how to create that loyalty, how to keep those customers coming back for more. Like what advice do you have to give those people? Gen I think <clears throat> genuinely desire. Be driven to make sure that every person <clears throat> has a great experience. Um, this, down to the simplest things, pay attention to details because your customers will. We clean our bathrooms twice a day. It's the most personal place you can go to in here. We don't want it to look like a science experiment. So we clean all of our bathroom, all of our bathrooms are white tile. No cigar lounge in the world 
is going to have white tile bathrooms because it's it's a once a week thing. We have staff at night that their only job is to make sure that your ashtray is empty. And I've been to shops in other parts of the country where I'll sit there for five hours and no one will ever come and touch the ashtray. So these mounds of ashtrays with all these cigar butts inside of it, it just doesn't work for us. We and, and we don't empty the ashtray, we empty the ashtray and then with the microfiber clean out the ashtrays. And we're using white porcelain ashtrays. You know, the, everything shows. So for us, pay attention and have a just genuinely have a desire to make sure that when your customer seating is is sitting down, they're having a great experience. Brandon probably does it the best in facilitating the culture. Maybe talk a little bit about what yes. happens when somebody comes in and goes, first time in. I am I'm thank you for kicking that over because that is very valuable operational information. And if somebody's sitting in, in their seat watching this and maybe they are struggling a little bit, it's very simple. Shake someone's hand when they walk in and take them and introduce them to someone they don't know. And if you mm -hmm. introduce strangers to strangers, they're done being strangers. You've just created two friends in the lounge now. Yep. Do that for everyone that's in the lounge is introduce yourself and introduce them to who they're sitting next to. And that is the easiest thing to not do. And it's also the easiest thing to do. If you're not willing to introduce you know, Steve to Jane, then you're just not going to make it. And, and Antoine, if you were sitting here, you're sitting as the shop starts to load in at night, you will see everybody that walks in the door that are regulars walk around and shake every person's hand when they get there and they shake everybody's hand when they leave. And it's, it just shows that they're committed to this place. And it is, it's very heartwarming. I had a brand owner sitting here one day. We we're watching Sunday football. And he goes, I don't know if you know this or not, but did you notice your customers shake everybody's hands? I go, yeah, that's, it's a culture. that's, that's the culture. And he's like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> so it is, it, it's, it's not going the extra mile. It's making the decision to go the first mile. And that is what is so critical. You know, I say some people either, everybody likes to have a clean house, but some people do it and some people don't and that's that's you just got to be wired to be let's give these people more than they ever expected when they come to a cigar lounge it is so critical and it's easy yeah. it's, it's it, it doesn't well, cost you anything it it's easy but it's not easy to do it all the time every, every day, day without right. fail and now there will be fair failures that is just that's all there is to it it's gotta, it's gotta hurt you if you see somebody leave the lounge you didn't introduce them to somebody. And yeah. if it doesn't, that's okay. That's just the type of lounge, and you've got to find what makes you unique. I, I think one thing that made uh, that that gave us a major step forward in that because we've always done that, but uh, we had the opportunity to take my granddaughter, his daughter, to uh, Disney, mm -hmm. and that night we were sitting out back at this house that we rented, and we're smoking a cigar, and I'm like, did you notice that the the lady that took our money at the at the parking lot was excited that we were there, and the the guy that was picking up stuff that was on the ground made a point of talking to Alessia, and 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 doing something special. Calling with her. her princess, yeah. Calling her princess, and 
so we started doing research and Disney has the Disney Institute, which is an online program that teaches hospitality. It teaches the Disney moment. We actually have a box of cigars in our, in our vault because we have a vault that you can walk into um, outside of our regular humidor. We have another humidor that's you go through a vault door. But in that room is a box that has Disney experience. And we just will load cigars in there that manufacturers give us. But we've empowered our staff to, to if they get somebody that's maybe looking at a cigar, but they decide not to get it. Well, at the counter before they leave, go, hold on, I'll be right back. They're empowered to go get that cigar and give it to them and say, this is from us. Enjoy the cigar. And we'll do that with people that are just have been sitting there for three or four hours. We'll go, hey, give this one a shot. They're empowered to do that. And it's just, we make our staff go through the Disney Institute. It's something we subscribe to. And that has, has helped mold this mindset that it's, it's, it's about them. And when you take care of them, they take care of your business. 100%. Awesome. At this point in the show, I usually switch over and ask some general questions. I ask everyone who comes on Deep Cuts, I want to ask you two those questions, and you can answer um, however you like. If you both want to answer it, feel free to tackle it. But the first question that I like to ask is, what is your why? What made motivates you to do what you do? That's the easiest question ever. That's family. Family. Uh, I just want to put this into perspective. I don't know how many people are watching right now. But I want to put this all into perspective. It's Tuesday, 5.30, our time, September 13th. And I get to live my dream of sitting and owning a business with my family and having a cigar with my dad. And people get to watch this or not. But this gets to happen. And I can hear people laughing and enjoying themselves on the other side of that wall. So that's why. Mm -hmm. We started it for family. We run it for family and all of us are the ICC family here. If you walk in through this door, you're ICC family. And that for me is full stop. I get to just absolutely live my dream selfishly. And we've had, we had a, an example, a member um, that was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer right before COVID couldn't get in and get operated on our wives every night would make him a full meal and take it to his house and deliver it to his front door, um, not to put him at risk, but to make sure that it was all prop properly handled. Did that for months. Uh, Brandon just took him, uh, this is now, he's two, three years now fighting this. Brandon just took him and drove him to his doctor's appointment. We, when we say welcome to the family, we, we're in it for the good stuff and the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. We're here to help. Little things like if somebody has to put their dog down, we have a, a laser cutting machine. My wife has, and her wife, his wife has a, a business together. They have a laser cutting machine. They create angel wings that they put the name of their dog and, and, and when, they, when they earn their wings and make a Christmas, or, Christmas ornaments out of it and send it to them. Mm -hmm. And it's those little things that just, we do it for no other reason than that's what we would do for our family. So... Yeah, that's that's real simple. Yeah, that's an easy for one. us. It's about it's about family. Um, the final question is: Someone comes to you two. They know that you start started industrial, and that obviously you're having success with it. Um, they have an idea for their own business, but they have no idea how to get started. What's your advice to that person on how to get started successfully, or on at least on the right foot? Great question. 
identify their potential customers and ask a million questions. Don't develop a service, a product or anything that sounds good to you without asking questions. It took us six years from deciding we were going to do this to open it. And our success is because we listened and continuously listen because our greatest ideas aren't ours. So you have to really pay attention, take the time to ask the questions and phrase it in this way. I have an idea. I'm not selling you anything now, but I want to make it. So when I have something to sell you, you can't say no. That's what I would recommend. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's asking questions, align yourself with people that are willing to answer questions. One of our dearest friends in this industry is Jeff Hogan from Krupp Cigars. Um, we knew him before we opened. We talked to him as a retailer when he knew that once we opened as a retailer that we would sell his line. And, but in the end, it, it pointed out to us that we've got to align ourselves with people that are equally as committed to this industry and are willing to share their information. That's, I think, why we pay it forward so often is because Jeff flew here to, and we just sat and picked his brain. Jeff Dahl at Safari up in Omaha is another one. We just picked their brains. We traveled around the country and we visited other stores to say, what do they do right? What do they do wrong? And we just kind of assembled those pieces, parts. And then in the end, we just said, from a lounge perspective, uh, what, what would we want for amenities that we would want to sit here five days a week, 10 hours a day? Mm -hmm. And and we built that. And it's it's all of those little elements are critical. But yeah, I think we've seen it a lot. People are are they're starting businesses. I think we've we've run into a recently with a, a brand owner that will listen. He it's like he kinda asks for advice, but then you give him advice, and if it doesn't, mm. if he doesn't agree with it, he's still gonna do it his way anyway. Right. So don't ask for advice if you're not if you're not interested in getting the advice. And I think also with that, Antoine, is it wouldn't be right if we didn't get off of this without asking you a question. Because, <laughs> because you gave us your, your two canned, and, and tonight I've got to warm up because we do Cigar Talk Yeah, we talk do Cigar Talk Lives at 8 o'clock. Central we Standard. Have, we have the big three. So we let's, should, let's can, just give them one. Let's just ask them one. On a, on a scale of 1 to 10, 5 okay. is no answer. 5 doesn't count. Ten is an absolute. One is a piss off. Yeah, which one are you going with? Where do you stand? I, I'm. You know what? He looks to me like he has. I think he I, knows all the Star Trek characters. He knows <laughs> all the Star Wars characters. He knows. So, he chose this because their last name's Frakes. So he, yes, he knows Jonathan Frakes from Star Wars. So or Star Trek. So here's the thing. One to ten. This is a two part question. Number one. Do UFOs exist? And two, have they visited Earth? Have they visited Earth? Where do you think he is? I think, let us judge you first real quick. I think he's a, I think he's an eight that they exist. And I think he's a four. I was going eight and okay. four. Yeah, I'm going eight and four. Okay. So do they exist? And 10 being like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it's definitely a 10. Damn, plus five. I knew it. All right, all right. I knew the way you smiled with the whole Star Trek comment that he he knows them all. Is a bit too big for uh, you know for, for us to be the only people here. I think that would be weird. Um, and what was the second question? Have they visited? Have Earth? they visited Earth? 
Like, do you think Roswell happened? Do you think all that, all these sightings coming from the military and all that stuff about is it. real? I think that would put Fivey at eight. Damn. 10-8? No, He's um, in. No, like, like, it's funny. It's like, if you've ever watched American Horror Story, like, uh, it might have been last season. They had, like, a split season, and they did this whole thing where uh, they were showing you, like, aliens visiting the Earth during, like, uh, whose presidency was it? I think it was Truman or something like that. And it was like, you know, it was like, it wasn't scary, but it was like, you could completely see that story being being real. And then, like you like said, Star Trek has always explained different episodes. There's a, a episode of Enterprise called Carbon Creek for those like deep cut Star Trek fans that want to watch a, a funny episode, but it's, you know, to Paul, who's like the commanders is having dinner with the captain and the engineer. And she's explaining to them, they're like, oh, we saw, you know, the, the captain's like, I had to give you your review to Paul. And um, I noticed in your, in you know, looking at your notes, you know, when you were on Earth, uh, before we got on the ship, like you visited this little town in like the middle of nowhere called Carbon Creek. And he's like, what were you doing out there? She was like, oh, I was, you know, I was, he's like, are you on vacation? She was like, no, I was studying something. He's like, well, what are you studying? She's like, I was studying like my ancestors, you know, were on Earth at, you know, back in the 50s. And she, he was like, and they're like, no, it's not because everybody knows that Vulcans didn't come to Earth until, you know, the 20s, 60s or something like that. And she's like, no, they were on there before. And the whole episode is her telling the story. And then yeah, he's in. He's in. He's in. I don't need to be. She tells this whole elaborate story, and then like her ancestor, and like basically invented Velcro and stuff like that. And it was like this crazy story. And then at the end, she makes it seem like you know they're like, "Oh, you were joking." She's like, "Well, you did tell me to tell you a story." And they're like, "Oh, that's like you know, like that's not fair. Like you just like crapped out and wasted our time or something like that." But then she goes back to her quarters and she pulls out this box, and it has like one of the items that she was talking about to make it seem like it really was. So sure. I mean, I, I think, like I said, I think this universe is far too big and we, you know, we're kind of on our planet now. I think the aliens might've come here and kind of seen, you know, probably looking at us and see what craziness we're up to. And like, yeah, let's not like interact with them just yet. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're ready. They're too in style. Well, well, that means you are officially, <laughs> You are officially invited to Cigar Talk Live next time. You're yeah, you know, the, the other two questions you're really gonna. Oh yeah, we're yeah. getting you liquored up. Buddy. So watch, yeah. So watch us tonight at eight o'clock and uh, see what the big three are. We get, uh, we get, a, we just go take somebody out of the shop. We just put them in the hot seat. Let's get Hackenberg tonight. And it's amazing how people think because they're on the internet they have to tell the truth. <laughs> so it's it's really a it's turned into a, a show that's gotten a lot of legs. Um, because it's it, people are they're constantly we get 250 comments a show and they're like get in the judgment zone get into the judgment zone so it's uh, it, it's a lot of fun so hopefully you get a chance to watch it oh yeah definitely and I, like I said uh, I definitely want to have you all back on here soon because I know that we only like scratch the surface of things we could talk about but I always tell people it's kind of like the Dolly Parton uh, theory of, of food you know she says she always leaves a little bit on the plate for the, you know, the angels to come eat later on. And that's how she also keeps her figure. So I always leave a little bit on the plate so that, you know, you all could come back and not feel like you spent five hours talking to me and like, what else could there possibly be to talk about? So definitely want to have you all back. But well, if we could ever get you to, to uh, Frisco, come on in. We'd love to have you on our show yep. for sure. 
before we go though, could you tell people where industrial is and tell them about the web, you know, like I said, the e-commerce site and the regular website and the social media and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, thank you for displaying that down low. If you guys do want to check out the site, um, you can also access the e-commerce site, industrialcigars.co on our.com site that will kick you over hash or uh, hashtag welcome to the family, but Instagram, you can catch And we do have a virtual tour of our store on the website, which is great. So you can go in and tour the humidor to our shop and see what that's all about. Yep. And we are located in Frisco, <clears throat> Texas, which is basically far North Dallas. So we're about 20, 25 minutes from the airport, from DFW airport. We're 30 minutes from downtown center of Dallas. Um, incredible town. There's a, this is a very significant city at the very, very beginning of the bell curve of what is. Yeah. About to come. This, the city is booming. Um, Toyota moved their world headquarters here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are right up the street. The PGA just moved their world headquarters right up the right up the road from us. Um, it, it is a, a city that is absolutely exploding. Awesome. Well, definitely. Um, like I said, if I'm ever in Dallas, I, have, I don't think I've ever been to Dallas. So oh, oh the, we'll be able to make that happen. Can we? Can we ask another personal question? <laughs> oh no. Do you like barbecue? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, <clears throat> we're. I know, so We're like, all the way from the best barbecue in the city of Dallas. So yeah, we can we can make sure you you'll gain weight and <laughs> um and and probably get embarrassed. Yeah, we yeah, can guarantee it. Sure, yeah, guarantee. Uh, good things will happen too. Yeah, that too. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on. And like I said, I want to have you all back on at some point in the near future to talk about some other stuff. And uh, I, I'm sure that will be a lot more industrial on deep cuts going forward but thank you all for giving me an hour and five minutes of your time thank you thank you it went by awful fast yeah it did yeah yeah and for anybody who's watching this on facebook youtube or twitter just make sure you hit that like or subscribe button um and if you're listening to this on any of the podcasting platforms like apple Podcasts or spotify iHeartRadio, um hit that subscribe button also leave a review because reviews help me to improve the show you're not gonna hurt my feelings if there's something you feel like we can uh improve on and uh if you, there's something that you liked then please put that in the comments and uh review as well um uh, we do have another show coming up next week uh, with um sinistro cigars so uh, a brand that i have not dealt with a lot but i'm looking forward to kind of learning more about them with you all uh on next week's show and um yeah and so and if you miss any of this episode or any of the other 108 episodes, I think. So you have 108 hours worth of Deep Cuts content that you can catch up on. You can catch all the episodes on deepcutslive.com um, and also on, on YouTube and Facebook. So plenty of places to get um, all And you can see it on Cigar Newbies. Yes. So join Cigar Newbies and you can watch Deep Cuts every week. You cut into his outro, man. Sorry, <laughs> blew up, man. No, that's good. Sorry, blew up. It'll never happen again. <laughs> what's a show that we don't interrupt i'm muting yeah <laughs> so thank you everyone and until next time i told you that's a fake